Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, along with co-host Gary Reasons. You know, Gary, I think a lot of times it was said in jest through the years, we're coming live from our home office. But I think we, we can say that's a real thing in today's world. How are, how are things down in the FCS world of Texas? Yeah, everything is great here. Football is about to kick off. The Texas high school season starts next weekend. Uh, they're bubbling up about that here. But I know the FCS around us, all around the country, they're getting ready to go as well. I was also at a, at a scrimmage here for an FCS university this past weekend. It was It's fun to be out there. Football is definitely in the air. You are so right, Gary. You know, you mentioned Texas. Here's a little trivia for you. Texas and New York are the two states that have the most FCS programs. There's nine in each state. As we know, there's 108, or 128 FCS programs yeah. this year. So Texas and New York lead the way. Now, Gary, uh, you mentioned the season about to start. Obviously, week zero is coming up. Uh, you know, three games on, on Saturday, August 26th, the big one being the MEAC SWAC Challenge with South Carolina State and, and Jackson State. That'll be on ABC. Now, as we head there, I do have a, an interesting question for you because I, I was asked this recently and, and I wanted to get your opinion on what do you like the most about FCS college football and just the level in general? Yeah, we talked about it previously. I do like the playoff action. I do like the ability for the, the season to end in a playoff. So, you know, we have teams that make it to the end, 2014 playoff, and and you've got to either A, win your conference or getting a large bid to get in there. So that's uh, something that we look to. You know, Craig, there's also a lot of traditions around uh, sure. a lot of FCS programs, and there's a lot of that to, that you can respect. You know, all the way back to the 70s when the FCS was one double A, um, and it all started back then. It, it's it's kind of been a a great rise here. And I like the traditions of college football overall, but really at the FCS level, some of these smaller, unique uh, communities have some uh, great universities that they have a lot of tradition. They've won some championships. They've got a lot of great players that have come through those programs and those things people can fall back on and, and it unites the communities. You know, and then the last thing I'd say about the FCS level, I love the competition between the FCS and the FBS early season ball games because as we talked about before, it's kind of a David and Goliath. Uh, not many folks expect the FCS uh, teams to uh, to kind of do well, but over the years they have shown that they have enough might to do so, and they make some surprising uh, surprising headroads and uh, overcoming some of these FBS opponents. And it's really uh, kind of a shot in the arm to everybody across the FCS when when one of those things occur. And those are two of the three things that I like about the FCS. It's great you use the word community there because I, that's what I used in my answer when I was asked recently about what I what I like most about the uh, FCS level. I think it's a close knit community because yes, you, you the FCS lives in the shadow a little bit of the FBS, so you know you, you have that little chip on your shoulder. But I just think everybody roots for each other when they're playing the FBS, and I just think you know it's a close knit uh, community because you're on top of the action at the stadiums. They're smaller stadiums generally, and, and you, you feel closer to the action. The schools are a little more inviting to, to their community and and, and, and the media, you, you, you get a close-knit feel. So yeah, I, I, I love that word community that you use. Now, something you also mentioned last week is maybe what may be concerning you with, with college football, and, and it affects the FCS level. I mean, you know, there's different things out there. You know, you, you had talked about NIL and, and realignment going on, the transfer portal. Are those issues that everybody's uh, concerned about in, in college football? 
Well, in college football overall, those are some real issues there. Conference realignment, you've seen what's happened at the FBS levels with all these mega conferences now creating. We're seeing a little bit of that here at the FCS level you know, with some of our, our conferences now getting into the 16 numbers of teams in those, in those conferences. So it's pretty interesting how this is all full, uh, shaking out, but it's really comes down to competitiveness and how to how to be able to do some things. So, but when you start talking about athletes, you know, the, you know, you got the scholarship numbers are a little bit different, obviously at the FBS level, it's 85 at the FCS level, the scholarship number is 63, but there's new things that are in the game. And obviously you mentioned the transfer portal, and that is something that has really changed over the last several years with the transfer portal being available to student athletes to make a change in their college playing football days. Where do they want to go? And every uh, sports information director is going to be tasked this season to kind of track uh, and, and give information about the players coming in, the players coming out, the FBS players coming in, the F FBS players going out, FCS coming in, FCS players out. And th there's a lot of that that's out there that just really kind of a it's kind of mind blowing. I think we're going to start losing some of the uh, teams that are growing over the years, I think it's going to be more of a what team can you build now and get something immediate and an early chance to win. So that's what everybody's looking at. What's going to be overlooked, I think, is the is the emergence of high school players, the early coming into those young freshmen coming in, the, the days of them being able to take time to, de to develop young men. Um, not going to be there so much. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a win now mentality, and you know that's going to be good or bad. Time will tell. Yeah, no, you're exact, exactly right with that, Gary. I, I think you know with, with conference realignment, it's been a few years where the FCS has been kind of waiting on the FBS to see what's happening, and, and it's starting to shake down. Obviously, you know where we're at in five years is is certainly you know probably going to be a different picture than today. You, you mentioned a 16 team conference that's going to be CAA football next year in 2024 yeah. when they add Bryant. They're already the biggest conference ever on the FCS level at 15. So yes, you're right, 16. So player development. I mean, I, I think you know a lot of players make the jump to the FBS because they think it's the next step to the NFL draft. But I think you if if you're a, a terrific talent, they're going to find you and. and and that's kind of our topic for today, the NFL draft. Who are the prospects this year from the FCS level for the 2024 uh, NFL draft? 11 picks last year from the FCS went, and then, you know, hundreds of, of players always signed free, un, undrafted free agent contracts. Uh, North Dakota State has been the main, you know, uh, program that, that the uh, NFL teams are looking to. Cody Mack, their lineman that went in the second round to the Tampa Bay Bucks. That marked the fifth straight year that the Bison have had a draft pick. So he's an lineman. Lineman is a very strong offensive lineman for, for FCS prospects. You know, cornerbacks, uh, wide receivers have always done well. But linemen this year seem to be the big, uh, the big group. Who, who stands out to you, Gary? Yeah, when you start looking at some of these NFL prospects, you know, you just look at kind of what's happened in history, you know. Uh, this last draft, 10, 10 FCS players were drafted. The previous year, 20 NFL uh, FC, FCS uh, players drafted in the NFL. And, and really, when you start looking at it, you know, between 7 and 10% of all NFL rosters are made up by FCS players. And the offensive linemen, Craig, as you mentioned, are all pretty good. You start looking at number one pick right now that possibly could be a, a really high draft pick is, is Yale offensive lineman Karan 
I'm a Getty. Okay. I'm a ghetto. Excuse me. So he's a big guy, 6'5, 321, and he's one of those guys that can be uh, pretty impressive. And then you start looking at guys who are really, really large. Howard offensive tackle on them, on them, boy, Dankwa. I, I got to, got to, got to work on that name a little bit. 6'8, 362 pounds. So he's somebody that you got to look at. And Campbell's offensive guard, Mike Edwards, kind of a little more. A bigger guy inside, 6'6", six, six, at 355, he's going to be able to be out there. So there are players across the FCS that have a lot of size, a lot of skill, and they're definitely on the radar of these, FC, of these uh, NFL scouts. Yeah, we did a story on the analyst in uh, late June, early July. Uh, we we uh, talked to Josh Buchanan. He's the uh, small school evaluator for for. Uh, NFL draft scout and, and Phil Steele publications. He's always out ahead of everybody with with the small school prospects. And yes, he his number one pick, as you mentioned, was uh, Karan uh, Amaghetto. I mean, of Yale. Uh, he, he was a little banged up last year. I think what happens with with some of these alignment, maybe even more so than other positions, is when they have their like junior day, where scouts are in to to measure, you know, who's going to be seniors and, and and take a look at them. Somebody stands off the chart. I think Karan might have been a great example. And 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 this NFL team sort of lock into these, you know, you can never have enough offensive linemen or defensive linemen. So I think that the junior year going into senior year, when they get tested, really you find out what the rankings are going to look like because they might not have the college stats in their resume until their senior year and, and they sort of, you know, blossom. Like, you know, Jalen Travis of, of Princeton's another one. It's going to be a terrific year for – for linemen in, in the Ivy League. Uh, South Dakota State is just a, a factory of talent this year on offense. And, and Garrett Greenfield's been one of our All-American a few times. He, he certainly won. So it, it's a terrific year for, for uh, FCS prospects, you know, the offensive linemen. Um, you know, as we mentioned, it, it's been a great position through the year. So we'll, we'll see where it heads from here. I mean, obviously it changes over time. You know, you, you do want to have terrific film. If you do well against the FBS level, uh, in those games, that really catches the attention. And you, you want to get invited to an all-star game after your, your senior year. And, and a lot of times guys stand out there. So, yeah, we're, we're going to talk a little more NFL draft prospects from the FCS level right after we take a quick break. Rehearsals for the school play were really coming along. Bigger smile, Mr. Squirrel. Until a custodian accidentally threw away the costumes. Oh, no. Everyone was rattled. Miss Garrity forgot how to play. And the queen of the hedgehogs almost quit. Find a new queen. But replacement costumes were shipped with FedEx. And with added peace of mind from picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Craig Haley, along with Gary Reasons. You can find FCS Delivered on all your favorite podcast platforms, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many others. You can also find us on our YouTube channel. Just Google FCS Delivered, and you'll find our, our weekly show. Uh, Gary and I have been talking about the NFL Draft, you know, 2024 prospects from the FCS level. We, we've talked about the offensive linemen that are that are key uh, candidates for the draft. We mentioned that uh, cornerbacks, you know, defensive backs, um, 
wide receivers, that those are always key positions that seem to get drafted or players signed from, from the FCS level. So we, we talk linemen, we want to talk uh, those positions as well. Cornerback, Gary, who stands out this year from the cor- cornerback group? Well, you may want to look up the South Dakota <laughs> because Miles Harden, he's one of those guys that is someone that's going to be looked at. Got good size, 5'11", 204, you know, played about a half a season a year ago, had a little injury issue, but back on the field now. And I think he's going to have a, a really big year this year. And, you know, when you start talking about catching the football, you might want to look towards Missouri's Ryan Flournoy. He's a guy who is also rangy, good receiver, and have the ability to catch the football. So those two guys, I think, offensively, uh, Flournoy, and then Harden defensively as a defensive back, you know, might might uh, have some looks. Sure. Another uh, wide receiver, I, I think I had a tweet this this past spring. I realized that Jackson Janke, uh, who he and his brother Jaden were, were supposed to come out last year, uh, South Dakota State, but they just, they reversed their opinion, uh, their decision. They were they were headed to the Hula Bowl, but they decided to stay, yeah. uh, use the extra year of eligibility, you know, try and win another national title. But but Jackson Janke, I think he's at fifty seven career games, and. You got to figure South Dakota State's going to make a little run here and, and and play more than 13 games because the record for, for I believe, all of college football is Nash Jensen from North Dakota State played in 70 games. Obviously, he just uh, finished up last year with the Bison. So Jackson Janke could, could become the all-time leader in, in games played, which which would be phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it, it, it really is a good year for, for wide receivers. I like how you mentioned Flournoy. Um, Ty James, a Mercer. Uh, Devron Harper, his, his teammate, uh, those are just dynamic wide receivers. So, yeah, I think it's it's really strong year for, for wide receivers, and we've seen that over time. Uh, you know, I think there's other positions to look at. I, I know one of your favorite players is a linebacker. Who would that be, Gary? Well, you got to look at William & Mary linebacker John Pius. Uh, he was with us a, a year ago as one of the uh, – potential winners of the Buck Buchanan Award as a defensive player of the year for in the FCS level. And, you know, he's already been picked, I think, uh, really some, across some of the other uh, accolade awards, you know, the Dick Butkus Award. He's one of the, the top finalists for that. He's the only FBS, FCS player on that FBS, essentially uh, a laden uh, trophy and accolade award, you know, is Dick Butkus uh, Award. So, Pretty impressive there. And I think John's going to have a standout year again. And so I think that he on the defensive side of the ball really has a chance to possibly, go, you know, have a chance at the end of the season to become that uh, that Buck Buchanan award winner. Sure. I, South Dakota State, uh, we, we've been mentioning them. One of my favorites, you like John Pius. I, I'm a big Isaiah Davis fan uh, as a running back. He, he's a big guy, about 6'1", 220. He really loves contact. He, he's a 100-yard machine. He plays big uh, in the big game. So I think he's definitely one to watch. Uh, we've seen South Dakota State has just tremendous talent this year. And, and the Missouri Valley uh, Conference in general has really taken off. Uh, this decade, I think they've had 18 out of the 47 uh, draft picks uh, from the FCS level. Uh, they've really set the standard. They also have a quarterback this year. I mean, obviously, we've seen quarterbacks like like. Uh, Carson Wentz and, and, and Trey Lance come from that conference, North Dakota State. Who's the big one in, in the Missouri Valley this year as far as an NFL uh, draft candidate? Well, the big one is he's 6'5". Theo May is the guy. Theo, excuse me, Theo Day there has a chance to be that that passing leader this year. So he's done a good job of 
you know, getting ready for the season. Hopefully that, you know, he's going to have a chance for Northern Iowa and, you know, have a, have a, have a possibly have them looking at uh, that program as being perhaps one of the teams that can, that can upset some of those top teams in that conference. You know, you mentioned Theo Day, six, uh, six, five. He's a pocket passer. If you're on defense, Gary, what what is easier to defend, a, a pocket passer, or would you rather have somebody with, without quite the arm who, who may be more mobile and you have to chase around a little bit more? But when you're on defense, which what did you always find to be tougher to deal with? Well, obviously, the quarterbacks that have dual capability, the ones that can get out of the pocket uh, just easily and just you know and and run and make something happen with their with their legs. You know, most teams, you know, if you're you're a pocket quarterback, then then the defense really doesn't have to worry about you breaking down the, the rush and, and then you, you have have a chance to make some yardage on your own. So the guys that stand back there in the pocket, you know where they're gonna be, those are the ones that defensive guys like to play against. The the dual threat guys are really challenging and it, you've got to put a lot of defensive speed on the field to, to handle that. Well, 6'5", that's that's amazing size for a quarterback. I mean, Theo Day is just going to be looking over, uh, you know, defense, defensive lines and, and spotting his receivers. So, yeah, he's certainly one to watch. Uh, other quarterbacks, I would probably look at Parker McKinney from Eastern Kentucky. He He's the active career passing leader uh, among FCS players. He's nearing 10,000. He, he's taken an extra year. Uh, Davius Richard, uh, North, North Carolina Central is another big quarterback, really runs the ball well. So I, I think there are candidates. Sometimes the quarterbacks have to sign after the draft and just find an opportunity. But I think there's definitely ones to watch this year. So we're going to take one more break, and then we'll be back for the final segment of FCS Delivered. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes, oh no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next for residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Gary, our, our podcast, FCS Delivered, is one of the new uh, endeavors of, of FedEx Ground. I mean, if you've looked on theanalyst.com, we've had a lot of, lot of items out there, a lot of stories. Right now, we're going through our conference-by-conference conference previews. Next week, you and I are going to make some of our picks for, for, for conference champs. But obviously, the, the Walter Payton Award for Offensive Player of the Year and, and the Buck Buchanan Award for Defensive Player of the Year, we, we've unveiled them, and, and they're presented by FedEx Ground. Now, FedEx Ground also presents the Eddie Robinson uh, Award winner at the end of the season at, at our national banquet. We don't have a watch list. We kind of wait and see what happens throughout the year. But you and I are going to kind of come up with a watch list of maybe who our picks would be if we had favorites. The Eddie Robinson Award, obviously, a uh, name for the, the grambling legend. Uh, this is the 37th year that we've been presenting the FCS Coach of the Year Award. Started with Holy Cross's Mark Duffner. But... Gary, I, I think there's always some surprises. There's always some, you know, longtime veterans, uh, you know, who, who can win the award. How about uh, your, your impressions of the Robinson Award? Well, first of all, Craig, I love the Eddie Robinson Award and really what it stands for because these coaches, you know, they're very impactful for all these programs and all these players. And uh, when you recognize these coaches, they really take it uh, 
uh, to heart that this is something that they've done uh, done very well and leading their their team. So I'll give you a couple of guys that I think are really uh, potential you know winners here for this. And you know I'm going to go back in a little bit here and, and just kind of make a make a real stretch here. We're talking about North Dakota State University and Matt Ench, their head coach. Now he's been the Eddie Robinson Award finalist in that 2019 season, 2021 season. But it wouldn't surprise me that he get if he gets North Dakota State and those Bison football that Bison football team, you know, just really primed and playing very well. That you know they could have a great great season. Obviously, uh, South Dakota State kind of all, on, all with all of us on in the polls trying to have them at the top of the list so far. But North Dakota State, you know, if, if Matt Ants gets gets his way, he's going to get them, you know, in the position where where they'd like to be. Now, I, for for another coach uh, of the of the year award potential candidate, I'm going to look to kind of a new guy. Uh, I, I think that North Carolina A&T's Vincent Brown, yeah, Vincent Brown is a name that people may know. North Carolina hired him this past January to come in there and lead that program. He was the, he was the defensive coordinator uh, for William & Mary a year ago and had great success. Former NFL player under uh, for the New England Patriots, under one of my uh, favorite head coaches uh, and a former coach of mine, Bill Belichick. So I think that Vincent Brown is going to have something to say about the, what happens at North Carolina A&T and how well they do. I want to see him as the as the main guy there and how they react. They had a great season a year ago, and so let's see if they can continue to keep that ball rolling. So for my two quick picks um, here, um, Craig, we have uh, Matt Entz and also uh, Vincent Brown for North Carolina A&T. Well, I'm going to counter that. I'm going to give you one. How about North Carolina A&T's rival, North Carolina Central? Uh, their coach is Trey Oliver. They, they obviously won the, the MEAC title. They shared it with Howard last year. They won the Celebration Bowl title, beat Deion Sanders and Jackson State, uh, won the HBCU National Championship as a result of all that. I think if they can get it done again um, and, you know, maybe knock off somebody in in – uh, in non-conference play, they play North Carolina A&T, so that, that's a hot game, of course. I think Trey Oliver certainly has a chance. I like your uh, Matt Entz pick. He was my pick going into last year. 12-3, uh, and three, even though they were the national runner-up, that's a tremendous season that anybody else would take out there. Uh, you know, the Bison, that actually, they want to do better than that. So I think he's a great pick. I, I like Brent Vegan. Uh, obviously, he, he was an assistant at... Uh, North, North Dakota State, now he's the Montana State coach. He's really has them on another level. Uh, they have a chance, you know, they were number three in our preseason poll. I think I think they could definitely, you know, factor in here. If, if they have a tough road schedule, if they can navigate that, uh, I think Brent Viggins in the picture for the Eddie Robinson Award. And it's a similar storyline to South Dakota State. I mean, our winner last year was John Stiegelmeyer of South Dakota State, who's now retired. They had a very difficult road schedule. They navigated it. Their only loss all all year was was at Iowa, seven to three, and they went on to beat the Bison in the national championship game. So I, I think it's a similar storyline. I'm going to give you one more. Uh, Bob Chesney at Holy Cross. It's it's a okay. dynasty in the in, in the Patriot League. They've won four in a row, long winning streak uh, against opponents, and and really just beating them up uh, most of the time in the league. If they could do it again, if they do a fifth championship that would be the first time ever in the patriot league they have two fbs games they've beaten an fbs opponent for two straight years so if they can knock at least one of those two off army or, or boston college 
I think Bob Chesney will be in the picture because people have taken a notice what he's done. Maybe he's on the F FBS level next year after building this dynasty at, at Holy Cross. So I, I think it's fun. I mean, the Eddie Robinson Award, uh, we'll, we'll see where that heads. Same thing with the Jerry Rice Award for freshman of the year. Uh, during the year, we would come out with a watch list as players sort of make their way onto the field and, and do very well. So it's certainly interesting. It all leads up to the uh, FCS Awards Banquet. Of course, you, you, uh, you're the MC of that. All those awards, Gary, I, I'm, you know, they leave me in awe of, of seeing all these athletes and coaches. Yeah, it's, it's a great mix of guys, Craig, that we have across uh, the season every year. All these coaches, you know, they're doing their best to kind of get their teams ready to play and, and trying to give them all the encouragement that they can and, you know, put them in positions to be successful. That's what a coach does. That's, that's basically the definition of a coach. They put their players in a position where they can succeed on the field. And, you know, my hat's off to all those coaches across the country because they're, you know, it's, it's like a lot of families around, you know, getting going here for, for this fall season. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, you and I will, will take a look at all of that. Uh, just a reminder that I'll be out again. This, I'll be out this season starting to announce and present a once once a week the FCS National Player of the Week award presented by FedEx Ground as I'll travel to one of the FCS campuses and make that presentation of one of our uh, Players of the Week awards, the Offense, Defense, Special Team, Freshman Player of the Year, or the Team of the Award, and I'll make that presentation to the team. Uh, perhaps I think it's going to be on Tuesday on campus there. So so look for FCS on campus, our National Award uh, presentation there, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, our first set of F, uh, FedEx Ground FCS Players of the Week obviously comes out on Labor Day after week one. We have one more weekend of, without football until, until it all starts. Week zero, there are the three games we mentioned. You have time to catch your breath before it all starts? Well, there's a lot of things going on. You know, uh, there's a lot of college football to, to, to get ready for, and, you know, we're ready to, to dive in and, and get it going here. So it's going to be a busy week for me at the beginning, any early in the week, and then at the end of the week, the games and on the weekend. So, uh, you know, I still broadcast a few games, so it's still still a, a busy fall for Gary, and I, I really look forward to it. <laughs> well, next week, we, we mentioned we'll, we'll give our conference picks. Uh, a lot of great races out there. We'll take a look at week zero games, obviously. So we'll have a lot to talk about on our, on our next uh, episode of FCS Delivered. Um, looking forward to it, Gary. I mean, I want to say thanks to Seth uh, Biley and Graham Bell, our, our producers. Uh, it's been a fun so far, and we, we hope that you keep tuning in uh, to our weekly podcast. Gary, I wish you well when you, as, you, as you get one more week of rest before the games. Thank you, Craig. Have a great week, guys. Indeed. Everybody enjoy. Thank you for tuning in to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground.